0: Welcome to Red Life Big. Red Life Big. the exclusive podcast for healthy, wealthy, generous men who choose to lead epic life. Or, as a few of us say, that as rich guys would do epic shit. And now, your host, that's Hybin. If
1: this is empty, this doesn't matter.
0: I'm glad you were home. Huh? The wrong tribe confounds, the right tribe compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires, a $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. All right, go bros. I am in the go bro room with Joe Cola Swano. And he is doing some really cool shit out in Allentown, Pennsylvania, and the Jersey Shore. And we are going to get deep into some of his one sheet questions and everything about him and his life. Joe, welcome to the GoBro room.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Hey, boss, why don't you tell everybody listening like your five minute pitch, like the day you were born to today?
1: Yeah, uh, I uh, was born in suburban. New Jersey. Grew up, I was good in school, particularly with math and science. And as a result, I kind of was always steered towards, you know, that becoming a doctor route. You know, when I was a kid, I thought the only ways you you became rich was either you became a lawyer, became a doctor. And so I went to college, pre-med, graduated with chemistry and a math major. And then I went and I got my master's at uh, UMDNJ, which is a medical school in Jersey, I was getting my master's in biomedical science. At, by that point, I had discovered entrepreneurship, you know, towards the end of my college career. I had started a few small businesses. I was in the process of selling my, one of my first ones for, you know, a nominal sum of money. And Red Rich Dad, Poor Dad. My father was always a custom home builder. So I had been around real estate in some capacity for my entire life. And decided at that time, I did not want to be a doctor I just really wanted to be successful, and my passion wasn't really necessarily in medicine. So I ended up uh, leaving that career choice and buying a 31-unit apartment building in the ghetto of Allentown, Pennsylvania with a 12% hard money loan, and that started my uh, journey. So since then, I've, uh, I've built up my portfolio in Allentown with my younger brother. We have about 400 apartments or so in Allentown. And we focus on heavy rehabs. We pick up properties that are in you know serious disrepair, or we do adaptive reuse projects where we take like a you know an old rundown office building or warehouse and do conversion into uh, residential units. We manage everything in house. We have our own uh, construction company and our own property management company uh, that we don't use for doing work for anybody else. So it's not that our construction company is going out and you know doing bath renovations for you know the guy down the street. We do everything in-house, and we don't do work for other people, so kind of vertically integrated. Wow,
0: that's awesome. All right, that was good. Now, tell me, who is Joe Swano?
1: I mean, I kind of just went through it. I mean, I, uh, I consider myself, you know, a real entrepreneur at heart. I mean, I, I love everything there is, to you know, about building a business and operating a business and optimizing that operation. I have a very close family, close with my parents, my siblings, cousins. And I have a very, very close-knit group of friends, about 13 or so of us guys that have been friends since, you know, before high school um, that are still really, really close today. You know, so I I value those things a lot. I'm a very loyal person. And that's about it. I mean, I like to work and I like to uh, to play. I like to hang out with my friends and, you know, on the weekends, have a good time. That's awesome.
0: That's funny because I'm wanting to do that for, quite some time. I went on another guy's podcast about two months ago and he did that to me, had me do my whole bio. And then he hit me with that same question. (laughs) And my my answer was so different, just like yours was so different, you know, and I thought it was pretty cool when he did it. I was like, damn, dude. And uh, I wasn't expecting it. So anyway, so I think I'll do that with everybody. But anyway, so let's get back. Let's get back to the nitty gritty. So all good stuff. What? All right. So 400 units started out with 12 in the ghetto. Um, 31,
1: 31 in the ghetto. At first, my the first buy was a 31 unit building, half empty, yep, with a 12% in zone. So,
0: so uh, how many of your 400 are like government subsidized, like Section 8, that sort of shit?
1: Probably about 70 units. None are. Necessarily required to be. I don't have any like HAP contracts where the unit you know is affordable, but I do have probably about sixty to seventy tenants that are Section Eight vouch- that have Section Eight vouchers.
0: Okay, that's not bad. I mean, that's no. you know, thirty percent or twenty percent.
1: Yeah, the market's um, changed a lot here over the last you know ten years. I mean, you know, when we first got here it was there's been a lot of redevelopment that's gone on in Allentown since since 2010. So, so it's it's gentrified. has yeah
0: so do you have any opportunity zones up there that you're um yes working through yeah
1: yeah i have two projects in the opportunity zones that i'm working on now one looking to sell i have listed right now if it doesn't sell probably in the next two or so months i'm going to just do the project myself the other is a ground up smaller project 16 units that uh, i'm working on getting the approvals for now
0: yeah that's awesome well good so what will you make that sixteen unit into? Right, like, like you, you mean in terms to,
1: of what kind of finishes? Yeah, or? in,
0: in, in order for you to, well, first of all, for you to benefit on the opportunity zone, right, you would have to have a profit, right? right. On sure, yes, yeah. so I, I have to take, know?
1: yeah, so I have to take cap gains, whether short term or long term capital gains, and uh, I'd have to have them take that money within six months and put it into my my Opportunity Zone fund which is basically just a self-designated llc and then from there it goes into you know a respective project um, right but
0: do you have a did you sell something in order to have that problem i'm just trying yeah. to figure out if it's more beneficial for you to flip it because someone else has that problem and you would be solving it for them and, and selling it at a high yeah. thing where if you don't have that problem it really doesn't benefit you I guess I'm trying to figure out how that would work, how that would benefit you.
1: Yeah. So it doesn't than... really help. Yeah. So you're, you're right. You hit the nail on the head. I mean, you're not, it does, you're not going to benefit from it if you don't have those capital, capital gains. Right. So I do, I, you know, I tend now in the last couple of years, I've been buying and selling more uh, previous to about two years ago. I don't think I sold a single thing that I purchased. I bought and held and bought and held. And it took a little while to kind of scale that way. Now I tend to buy and sell more quickly and i do have plenty of capital gains that i could use to infuse into some of these projects in opportunity zones another thing also you know to keep in mind is you don't have to do the entire project in capital gains you can take on debt as well as long as your equity is the result of the capital gain the entire project is included in the uh in the opportunity zone and you get to use the benefits of the opportunity zone as a result. So yeah. if you're, if you're coming to a project and say it's a million dollar project, you don't have to have a million dollars in capital gains. If you have 200 and you get 800 in debt, you can still, you know, get the benefit.
0: Right. And you know, what, what I found is, is shocking actually about the, the whole opportunity zone investment is that they allow you to actually refi and take your money back out. Oh. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that, you know, a lot of people think, well, 10 years or nine years or whatever. is like, such a long time to like hold anything even though most of us are long termers you know we don't want to be seen as that we want to have the ability to quickly move money or you know i like to say take a, a living room full of furniture and move it around that's my whole life that's all i do is fucking move furniture around in the living room with my investments but in actuality you get to take the money back out with a refi it's it's kind of like a no brainer. I mean, it's kind of sure. It's very interesting.
1: Yeah, right? as long as you have the gains. I mean, you know, to do it, you you can. There's a lot of opportunity out there to to jump into some of these projects.
0: All right. So so what have you seen though at ten years? Right. I want to get to this, and we're going to get off this and go into your one sheet. But first, like ten years, you started buying in 2010. You're still buying today. Yep. Are are you at fear that you're buying in the ninth inning? Are you buying less? Are people putting square pegs and round holes in Allentown, Pennsylvania, when they think that they could add value after you've been adding value for five years? Talk to me about that a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that we're certainly, and I've been saying it for a few years now, you know, I was expecting interest rates to continue to rise. When they dropped, I was a little confused as to where the market was going to head you know, what I was expecting was, I always talk about 2015 is the year I stopped being able to buy things off the MLS, right? So in 2015 is where I really noticed, well, you know, the competition and, you know, new buyers coming into the market are eating my lunch. That's the easiest, you know, the, e- the easiest food for me to eat on the MLS. I'm getting, I'm getting outbid. And, you know, I, I'm thinking about these people. And at the time, the interest rates are super low. And, you know, a lot of these guys are buying with debt that has like a five-year term, right? And after 2015, you saw the interest rate creep, and they started going up. And they got to a point where they were, you know, one, one and a half points higher than they were in 2015. And in my head, I'm thinking, all right, well, this is what's going to happen. It's going to get five years, you know, it's going to get to 2020. You're going to have a number one in election year. Number two, uh, the, all, all this debt is going to start, you know, resetting. Uh, at different rates, right? And these people who bought at, say, a seven cap in 2015 are going to be stuck because now they're going to refi and their debt's going to be two percentage points higher. And if they haven't continued to push rents and, you know, improve the property and keep up with the pace, they're going to be in a negative cash flow situation. And that's kind of what's going to, you know, help to trigger, you know, whatever kind of recession or, you know correction that's going to happen but in the last you know however many months a year or whatever the the rates have dropped back down again so i'm not sure what's going to happen you know just cuz i'm still buying doesn't mean i'm buying at the top of the market i'm never going to be that guy so i i don't generally buy retail so you know while i am still buying i'm definitely buying at a discount to what market rates are i'm probably about 25 percent below market on what i'm paying so even if there is a correction i still think i'll I'll be all right i'm not sure about the guys that are buying you know at market rates right now i'm not sure what's going to happen
0: the wrong tribe confounds the right tribe compounds Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller, Tribe of Millionaires, a $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. How are you buying at 25%
1: below market rates? I guess being a little more creative, you know, with where I'm getting my deals and sourcing my deals. and um, you getting them you from know. wholesalers or are you getting them from... Mailers or what? So I actually, what I've been doing is cold calling. So I find properties that I I like that might be in the you know state of disrepair. Look look up the name who owns them and start googling and try to figure out who this person is, where they work, what they do. You know, a lot of the guys that own you know the larger apartment complexes are you know successful you know businessmen, older, and it's it's not too difficult to get in touch with them. You know, I'm a younger younger guy, and I think. You know the a lot of these guys that have been selling to me recently kind of see something in me that they kind of can relate to you know a young guy that's hungry looking to looking to grow his portfolio and do this, do that, and we've had rapid rent appreciation here over the last ten years in Allentown, so a lot of these apartments are you know especially if the building's been owned by the same guy for a long period of time uh the rents are are below market and below what I know I can get so I'll pay a good price based on the in-place rents, knowing that, you know, within eight, 12 months, I'll have it, you know, I'll have the rents where they, where they need to be and uh, wouldn't be a problem. flow and well.
0: It's kind of interesting what you say. Do you think there's a demographic gap of who owned the multifamily 10 years ago from an age standpoint and who actually owns it now? You know what I mean? Like the multifamily sector to generalize is all owned by older people Mm-hmm. Up until the last ten years, it's kind of go- uh, you kind of made me think of this for the first time, like how you just said that, and now all these young people are syndicating and they're right. they're they're getting in the game, and it's a respected asset class where it was never before. And
1: yeah, I mean, most of the guys, you know, you know, most of the guys that I've purchased property from that are older, I mean, you know, it's a guy that owned you well know, a successful roofing company. They're bre- They're more blue collar guys, not really polished white collar, you know, gentleman, you know what I mean? So, so yeah, I I see what you're saying. I mean, I think that it's definitely, you know, I I can't speak too much about it because I've only been doing this for 10 years. So I don't know Mm -hmm. what it was, you know, 20 years ago or 15 years ago. You know what I mean? Do you think that they think that you're the greater sucker? I don't know. I guess in my own, my own eyes, I like to think that, you know, they're, a lot of times I bond with these guys because you know we're we're similar in a lot of ways. But you know maybe they are sitting there thinking, "Ah, this guy's paying crazy money for this unit." And uh, I mean, on some level, they have to think that. Yeah, I'm sure. Or else they wouldn't sell because they're
0: fucking savvy business people. Right. Well, they're not. They're smart, right? They're not like you said. They're they're, they're more blue collar, but they're I don't know. I don't want to generalize, but anyways. It's interesting. All right, so let's move on. Let's let us let us talk about your health. Tell me about your health. Like, how much do you weigh?
1: Probably about a buck, buck fifty-five, buck sixty. I'm a little guy. How tall are you? About five-five on a good day. Uh,
0: <laughs> you're shrinking, huh? <laughs> yep. And then, uh, uh, you know, what your body fat is, huh? and yeah, it's probably somewhere around twelve
1: percent, I think. Holy shit what do you do dude like what's your workout like i'm actually I'm actually not in the best shape ever right now i i uh, really? yeah i I got married in July of this year and i Congratulations. was thank you i was in i was in peak peak physical condition prior to the marriage and uh and then afterwards i got a you know we had the honeymoon and ate like a pig during the honeymoon and kind of fell off the you know the schedule I was on um so I'm finally now just getting back into it on the horse with the diet with the exercise routine so I should be looking a little bit better in uh, in a few months so
0: all right. so congratulations tell me about your wife
1: she is a uh, teacher I met her about three years ago at a bar downtown in uh, on the Jersey Shore actually she's a uh, music teacher and you know comes from a great great home life you know she's a real good person sweet girl and I kind of knew pretty early on um, that she, uh, she was the one for me. I mean, I'm a, I'm a little older. I'm 34. You know, so uh, you know, a little older to get married. Um, How old is she? She's 27. Okay. So, you know, I, I waited a long time to find the right person. And I, uh, I, I just kind of knew. I, knew. I knew it was her. So um, we we're a real good fit for each other. And uh, I think we'll, uh, we'll be making it the long haul.
0: That's great, man. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, congrats. You guys going to have kids?
1: Uh, yeah, plan to.
0: All right. All right, cool. All right, so back to health. Uh, do you
1: exercise? What's your routine like? So um, now that I'm back in the gym, my routine, I, I go to the gym probably four, maybe five times a week. I like, I'm a morning guy, so I, I do it at like five in the morning. So I'll go. I'll run for a mile and a half, maybe two miles, uh, at like maybe like an eight-minute pace. And then I'll get into weightlifting and I'll do that for, you know, another hour. So, you know, maybe an hour, 10, hour and 15 minutes at the gym in the morning. And then when I'm on my diet, uh, which I'm just starting now, it's uh, no simple carbs, no no dairy at all. And uh, I and I do one cheat meal a week. So, you know, most of the week it's just, you know, meat, you know, vegetables. You know, I'll do, like, complex carbs, like I'll do, like, a little bit of quinoa, maybe some sweet potatoes, something like that. Um, and then just keep it pretty basic, you know, a few meals a day, supplement with a couple of vitamins, and uh, drink a gallon of water a day. So that'll get me in decent shape probably in about two, three months. And then how do you measure your gallon of water? So what I do is I generally keep, you know, like the Poland Spring, just regular, like, 17-ounce bottles of water. I just make sure I drink eight of those a day. So that's a little more than a gallon, so.
0: Yeah, no shit. All right, so you and your brother own 400 units. How do you guys pay each other? Like, how do you get paid? Yeah,
1: yeah, so we actually don't pay pay ourselves a a ton of money. You know, we both kind of live pretty simply. And our bills are, our our personal bills are at least uh, pretty low. You know, the business pays for, you know, our vehicles, our wives are both teachers, so they pay for the health insurance and benefits and stuff like that. While the business usually, I mean, I think last year, maybe like my net after mortgages and everything was probably around 800K. We only pay ourselves probably a little less than half of that, and the rest gets rein- reinvested into the business.
0: 200 so, each, and then you keep 400 in the bank, but you pay taxes on the 800, right?
1: Yeah, but I mean, forget lot, about depreciation. Yeah, a lot of depreciation. And, yeah, oh, lot of yeah, depreciation. Yeah. So our, on that 800, our tax liability usually ends up only being about 70 grand. Yeah, yeah.
0: So. Yeah, that's the most beautiful thing in the world with the real estate and being a real estate professional. Sure. sure. Uh, it's just crazy. So, wow, that's that's really cool. So what do you think the 400 units are worth, like gross-wise?
1: Probably all 400 uh, let me see. I actually, have my PFS is, is up here because I was editing it, updating it. So hold on one second. I'll tell you exactly. We're about thirty-six million. Jeez. And what's your, what's your uh, debt on it? Hold on. It is sixteen.
0: That's interesting, right? Yeah. So
1: eight hundred
0: on on twenty mil.
1: Yeah, it's not that great. It's about four or five right? percent. That's yeah.
0: Four or five percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. So the, the return on our implied equity is not that awesome. And it's something hmm. I think about a lot, but at the same time, I really like it here. And, you know, we've had massive.
0: It's probably because it's probably because it's so, because your debt ratio is so low. Right. Right. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's what it is. You, you're is- at like 40, you're like 40% on the value. Right. And whenever you have that low like that, it's going to be low. Yeah. You can jack it up, but then you take more risk. I kind of like it. I mean, I, I think it's hard really to get, I shouldn't say this, this maybe a limiting belief, but it seems like a lot of people that do, you know, whether, they, whether it's a massive amount of multi, a massive amount of uh, sw- small single families or, you know, smaller families. you know, it, it's difficult to get up there in the teens, you know, your return on equity, unless you throw a business in there. I mean, I, and again, without, you know what I mean? Some sort yeah. of business.
1: Yeah. It's you know, Look, we've had a lot of appreciation over the years, a tremendous amount of appreciation, and we generally, like I said, we buy under market. We you know we buy distressed assets and then we fix them up you know in house. So you know our cost basis in a lot of these properties is way low. I started buying and built our business on you know in a time where I just saw everybody losing their shirts from over leverage. So I kind of had that instilled in me that it scared the crap out of me to to be over leveraged. And you know to to take out everything that you could in the house and or the building or whatever it is, and you know something changes. I mean, we we had forty percent rent growth over the last you know six seven years here. You know nobody ever talks about rent you know, control. What was that? I'm for rent rent control, <laughs> Allentown City Council. Yeah, well, <laughs> but um the uh the issue is is like you know it, that can turn around and, and change tomorrow. I mean, in the city, you can buy housing. You could buy a house, and your mortgage tax insurance is going to be less than than rent in, in you know certain places here.
0: You know what I mean? Well, let's talk about that because I've had to, I had this conversation with David Green uh, from Bigger Pockets and you know Go Girl member and uh, owns a shit ton of uh, rental properties too. And you know it was his belief that yeah, rents don't really
1: go down. You never know. Never say never. That's what they said about the housing prices, right? It is. So, and nothing if- is impossible.
0: I've had rents go down based on shit that happened eco- like uh, economic. I'll give you an example. I have I, at one point I had seven houses in the uh, University of Maryland College Park, right, which is yep. a great school now. And um, the developers came in and put all these big high rises in, you know, yeah. and uh, all the kids started going there you know, on one particular property that happened to be a little bit farther away where it used to be acceptable that it was farther away because the housing was limited and people would pay it became unacceptable it w- it was too far away it was only a mile away from campus but that became too far away because the kids loved to walk and i lost literally like overnight i think it was the first year 1200 bucks a month went from 3700 bucks to like you know 2500 bucks because i had to rent it to a family instead sure. of six kids so yeah. and i've had it happen like that and i'm trying to think you know like it, it's certainly, the, the potential is there. You know, Robert Kiyosaki calls them cranes of doom, right? You see all these cranes in some areas, and at some level, these apartments have to start competing with each other. And at first, what you see is you see, you know, first yeah, you the three months free, yeah. you mm-hmm. know, because they don't want to, quote unquote, lower the rent. But it's like a builder giving a free finished basement. It's the same thing as them dropping the damn price. Exactly. Yeah, interesting. Okay, cool. So all right, let's talk about how you give back. Like how do you give back to uh what do you do for charity and stuff?
1: Yeah, you know what, to be honest with you, that's one of the pillars I struggle with. I don't I don't do a ton right now, and that's something that I gotta I really gotta work on.
0: All right. Well let's talk thirty-four years of your life, right? Uh every good rock star, country music star has a greatest hits album. Yep. what do you say? Joe's five greatest hits of his first thirty-four years of life are like poignant moments. Yeah, that uh, stick out.
1: I'd say that the summer after my junior year of high school was a, was a was a great time. As you, you know, everyone's first getting their licenses, you're going around getting in trouble, having a good time, just feeling really just free. I mean, that was a that was a very defining moment in my life where I just had a you know I look back always fondly on that time. So I'd say that that was definitely one of the greatest, greatest times of my life. I'd say number two is probably in college. So I I was always, like I said earlier, I was always a a math science guy and I'd never taken a a business class, never took, you know, even econ one, nothing. I ended up my senior year of college uh, entering and winning the Boston College uh, Entrepreneurship or Venture Capital Competition for for a business idea I had. And that was kind of my first foray into entrepreneurship in general so what was uh, it uh so it was a um i started a website my senior year of college called eagle Knights for the boston college eagles and i gotta actually I gotta plug my computer in so i'm gonna walk downstairs Give me. i'm just gonna take it with me yeah so we're the boston college eagles so it's eagle Knights. and what was was when you open up your your internet browser it was a uh it was a home page for your your for your for your internet and so we got a ton of, ton of hits, and it basically had all the, uh, all the menus and stuff for, you know, different food places, uh, takeout menus, all that kind of stuff. On the homepage, it had what was going on at all the bars and the restaurants, you know, basically like a uh, Boston College-specific internet homepage. And as a result, a lot of these people, a lot of kids in school put it as their, their main page, and it was getting so many views that I was able to sell advertising to local businesses. Yeah. So you get the views and you get, then you get the ad revenue. And so that was, that. The, that was the concept. So that was, the future of internet,
0: right? Like Facebook, yeah. that's how they make all their money as ads. So, so you right. knew it before it sucked. I
1: guess so. I guess I didn't capitalize. <laughs> all right. Keep going. What else? I'd say probably, you know, leaving, leaving the idea of, uh, of medical school behind and, uh, and going and buying my first property. I'd say that's mm. that's up there. You know that was uh, definitely a learning experience. Uh, we when you know we bought that property, like I said, with a with a hard money loan, and about it was a short sale, so it took like six months to close. About three about three weeks before we were about to close, and I got all this. I had I got this hard money loan. I got the commitment. I got the appraisal done. Everything was all set. Double shooting in the building. Mm. Um, you know, one, one person, uh, you know, it was one homicide and the other guy got shot in the street. You know, I was like a 24-year-old kid from the suburbs. I'm like, what the hell am I getting into? Like, mm-hmm. this is a crazy, this is a crazy thing. And, and uh, ended up closing on it anyway. We negotiated a, a reduction in price for about $40,000. You know, we bought that thing half vacant, spent every day there, just learning how to like solder in a basement on my iPhone, you know, just doing everything. You know, for a good amount of time until we were able to figure out how to how to refi out and and uh, and to continue to grow. So, you know that that process was was definitely something I value.
0: What what do you think, Joe? Like, gave you the belief structure that you were doing the right thing at that time with all with the basically yeah. the universe was telling you you're a fucking idiot, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you should go back to med school. What do you think it was?
1: You know, I I think I just I really love the idea of going at it my own way on my own terms. You know, I I hated the idea of of having to answer to people, of having to, you know, kind of live in a in a square box where you know everything was already determined for me, and I. I don't know. I, I, it's hard. I I guess I just had the bug in me. I had that I had that bug that I wanted to do it myself. I wanted to make my own way. I don't know where I got that from. I have no idea. can I can't tell you. I'm not sure. That's awesome. Well,
0: thank God you did, right? I think we're all like that. I I kind of look back at, at some shit I did when I was younger too, and I'm like, I was just so naive. Like I just yeah. Like I, you, you never, don't, It's like you don't know what you don't know. You know. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Uh, um, what else? So for a while, you know, we you know, I built my we you know we built our business here by kind of bootstrapping, really, really seriously bootstrapping. Like we were buying buildings from banks in the area that took them back and didn't know how to manage them, and they were giving us 100% financing and like 3% interest loans. And you know, we we bought a, a number of units that way, and I never really had like a large chunk of capital at any point, and then about. Four years ago, we sold a property, or three years ago, three, yeah, three and a half, I guess, years ago, we sold a property that uh, we ended up walking away with like six hundred and fifty in cash from it, and that really changed our business, and I guess the mentality in our business, where it allowed us to scale a lot quicker and to, you know, it kind of opened up our eyes to, you know, we we'd always been of the the mindset like you buy and you hold it until you're dead. Like that's how I always viewed real estate and it kind of opened up my eyes to, you know, well, we'll be able to scale it much quicker if we, you know, we sell a couple of things here and then use that capital to you not know, increase our, you know, our monthly income and to, you know, create new opportunities. And so since then we've been, you know, we've kind of shifted from, you know, buying maybe like a couple of buildings a year and now we'll buy, you know, maybe five or six and then we'll sell two or, you know, it's enabled us to scale a lot, a lot better. So that was the kind of come to moment that I think is uh was it, was a great feeling for sure.
0: It, it, it's funner too, isn't it?
1: Yeah. It's, it's definitely more exciting.
0: <laughs> you know, I don't know about the whole buy and hold thing. I mean, forever and ever. I mean, certainly, I have stuff that I've had forever, but I get a lot of joy actually out of selling right, and mm-hmm. buying other things that I think are better, and that's right. almost like the game, isn't it, right? Yeah. You buy this, you buy something better, you sell this, you buy something better, I don't know, That uh, that's interesting. Okay, so let's talk about your future, right? So you just got married, we're going to yeah, go- that, that was my number five, that was my fifth grade. That was number five, okay, cool.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: Awesome. All right. So now you got five more between now and let's just say 66 more years, right? What's that? Yeah. What is that? that puts us at 100 years old, right? You got 66 years. Give me five that uh, you want to make before you die. like So you'll have 10.
1: Yeah. I mean, I want to do uh, – I definitely want to do a South Pacific trip, like something month-long, six weeks, something like that. You know, Australia, New Zealand, you know, Fiji, Bali, you know, check that all out. I've, I've never – I've never been down there and I I'd really like to, to make that make that trip at some point. So that's one. I'd really like to uh own or develop um like a hotel and events venue at some point. I, I think that'd be a that'd be a cool thing to do and and make work and I think I could utilize my uh my skill set in uh repurposing properties to uh to do it in a cost effective way that'll uh, that could be you know profitable.
0: So wait a minute, let me stop you there. So tell me about that. Like, what, 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 like, like, build a hotel, and own a hotel?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I've, I've kind of, I've had a few dry runs already. I was under contract on a property and, uh, up by a ski, uh, ski resort up in Vermont where, um, I was going to buy a 40, 45 room hotel at the base of a mountain that was, you know, outdated, outdated, like something like, uh, like ever seen the movie, hot tub time machine. Yeah. What, uh. What mountain was it? Uh, Mount Snow. Okay. Yeah. So I, uh, I was going to do it. I did, then I decided kind of a little, a little uh, into my due diligence that, you know, it was it was a little far for me. You know, I, I'm a hands-on guy. And uh, buying something that's four hours away was going to be a little difficult for us to, to really keep an eye on. Right, yeah. So we ended up backing out of that. And then I uh, most recently... Was looking at a, uh, a piece of property downtown here in Allentown with some tax incentives, and we were looking to you know turn it into a like a fifty room boutique hotel.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And once we got into it, you know, in order to in order to it's in the opportunity zone and it's in something called the, uh, the neighborhood improvement zone in Allentown, which is this uh, tax incentive where any development in that zone, as long as it's perfor- you know all the work is performed with prevailing wage. Uh, at prevailing wages, the developer gets a check annually from the state for any and all state taxes generated by the businesses in the building that is developed. so you create an office building, you create a you know whatever it, whatever other you know uh, use it, that, that the building is any state taxes generated including sales tax uh, use tax, you know hotel taxes, for example, uh, state get that back. You get that back at the end of the year to pay your debt service, right? That's fu- That's crazy.
0: I mean, yeah, it's so crazy. Nice. So you put a store in there. You yep. put a bar in there. Yep. And then all the sales tax come that back you, you charge come back
1: to you, right? So that's a pretty uh, good
0: gig, right? Yeah, that would you can, make you want to sell
1: stuff, right? So you can go in there and you can stack that on top of the opportunity zone too, because they overlay one another. That's so the idea was to to put, you know, to, to repurpose this building into a, into a hotel, you know, and then during due diligence, we realized we weren't going to get, you know, the the amount of rooms that we necessarily needed and the cost um, to do the job prevailing wage with all the unknowns, you know, you had to, we had to put in, you know, an elevator, a couple stair towers, it's a five story building. The costs were going to be a little higher than we originally anticipated. And we, uh, we were trying to negotiate a price reduction and it wasn't, yeah. It didn't fly. So, um, yeah. So I, I've, I've kind of always, you know, for at least the last couple of years, been looking to, to do a, uh, an event venue, uh, and hotel. And I haven't really, uh, I haven't done it yet. I mean, I've, you know, I've done a lot of research. Done a, you know, like I said, I had a few dry runs. But um, that's something I definitely like to do at some point. Have you, have you met Jake Harris? Uh, I spoke to him. Yeah, I spoke to oh, Jake. Okay. Spoke to him about his hotel few months ago actually i don't even i think i was speaking to him about opportunity zones i don't think
0: i spoke oh you need to talk to him about his hotel Mm -hmm. he's actually raising money i believe unless he's filled it up i'll I'll send you his pro forma yeah i have it on my desktop but uh, we're building a boutique hotel in san antonio
1: right yeah that's awesome so i I, do that all right what else i do want to uh i'd like to start at some point an education company to teach uh you know, financial literacy and like entrepreneurship to kids and, you know, young adults. I think if I, you know, I think if I was introduced to it at an earlier age, I think I would have, you know, floated to that over, you know, the medical school route. And I think, I think a lot of kids would benefit. I think a lot of kids would find it interesting, you know, kind of, you know, nobody ever is a kid and says, Oh, I want to grow up to be a a landlord, you know, but I found a lot of joy with my job and I really enjoy it a lot. So I think the you know, the idea of teaching entrepreneurship or at least introducing it to, to younger kids, I think, you know, maybe like uh some kind of education company with maybe like children's books or or something like that might be uh might like something maybe something that could do some good.
0: It's silly how they don't teach kids basic uh basic accounting and basic
1: right. like budgeting like you know, how to budget for different things, how to how how to balance your checkbook or you know write a check. Right. You know? Instead, they teach them, like, how to play the recorder. Right, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) All right, what else you got on your list? Well, I mean, I'd I'd like to, uh, I guess, you know, a couple of these things go hand in hand. I mean, I want to raise a a healthy and happy family with my wife. And I'd like to get to a point at, you know, at some point in my life, really, I mean, my number is 500 million net worth. That's, That's my goal. Okay. And I want to leave, leave a generational wealth legacy, but I, I want to do it in a way that doesn't spoil my descendants. So I want to do it in a way that, you know, still keeps the requirement that, you know, they kind of make their own way for at least a, a good portion of their lives. You know what I mean? I think that's yeah. important.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a great topic. I want to have a guy speak. or or a girl speak, somebody speak on that um, at Aspen or one of our future events. I mean, I think that's... uh, I don't know the answers to that, you know. Especially nowadays, it seems like everybody's spoiled. You know, it seems like the whole... Everybody younger than me is <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like I have my kids are twenty-five and twenty-three. So, you know, I mean, and they're not spoiled, but there's some days where I think they're 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 socialized, you know what I mean, to a degree. Sure. So anyways, all right, cool. Well, um that's awesome, dude. Well, it's uh it's been great to get to know you and I, I appreciate you coming on the show today and uh sharing yourself uh so candidly with the other Go Bros and uh Look forward to uh, talking with you face to face at one of the next events. You have any events yeah.
1: planned? I think I'm coming to. Uh, I'm going to coming to Aston this year. So,
0: oh well, it should be a great show, buddy. I'm working real hard on uh, putting together a bull versus bear panel. Yep. Where we're gonna we're gonna have uh, some people there. If you haven't voted on Facebook, help me out because I need that today. I did
1: already vote. I already did. Uh, what'd you vote for? What do you want to hear? Well, I did. Re- I think I did real estate, and I forget what other things you had. You had real estate, and then I think you just had the economy in general. You
0: have one? Yeah, the economy in general is one. I think that's yeah. probably what most people want to know, right? Yeah. Where's it going? So that'll be good. So anyways, cool, man. Well, good. Well, uh, I will talk to you soon, buddy. And if I'm ever in, uh, up in the Jersey Shore or yeah. um, Allentown, for sure, because I'm from Maryland. I'm from... Yeah, Bronx. you're not too far. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, buddy.
1: All right. Nice talking to you. In life. To be honest, I've failed as much as I've succeeded. But I love my wife. I love my life. And I wish you my kind of success.
0: Me. Don't step to me, bitch. Now you can